0: So when I, when I was growing, when I was in the military, I was thinking, "Oh, it's fine because it's just banter. They can say these things." And I'd, I'm annoyed with myself because it was early start. I'd laugh at it and I'd go along with it and I'd laugh at my own skin colour because they're doing it. Time was going on. I think this is not acceptable. And then, one occasion happened where I can't be called the n-word at work. I can't be referred to as slave at work. It's not good enough. The reason why is that I was in York the other week and there was someone homeless and I just chatted him for 45 minutes. And he was ex-military and he was telling me about his old life that he had, what car he drove. And I was thinking that's pretty much me. And their university is based on, it's just giving people who are not that privileged but got skills and give them a bit more life.
1: So Aaron, welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much for being on here.
0: Thanks for having me, honestly. Of course. It's a pleasure, it really is.
1: So, I'm actually pretty excited because um, sometimes I haven't watched the shows because of business, but I've only watched one season of The Apprentice and it was your season.
0: Brilliant. I yeah. think a lot of people have said that, to be fair. Is it? That they've never used to watch it or whatever. And I think because there was a bit of break due to the COVID outbreak, yeah, they had a year off and I think that's when it started. I think the viewing figures were the highest. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, is it? I think so. And yeah. that was the most, I think our series was the most talked about series in a yeah. long time. It had everything from toothbrushes to logos <laughs> to, yeah. it had everything, um, and it was just, I was proud to be a part of that one.
1: Yeah, I, I thought
0: it was interesting. I think the first one
1: I watched, one of the teams didn't put the name on the logo in the first episode or something, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And from then on, I was actually hooked. It was you our know. team. Was it wasn't your team. <laughs> It was Sorry, team. I wasn't mean to I go
0: straight it into it. No. Oh, yeah, in. I normally um, a bit of sugar before I go. Yeah, you've just gone straight in. Um, yeah, it was our team. Okay. But I think that was... I looked at that logo and yeah. I'm like... I weren't responsible for it because we were in the logo yeah. designing yeah. team. Yeah, okay, that's right. And I remember looking at it and the first thing I saw was how it looked in mm. terms of the colours and it was yeah. just horrific. Yeah, it was horrific. It didn't have the name, it didn't have anything in it. But I think that's the episode where I knew... I'll be here another week. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. I knew, I'm not... No, I'm, I'm not, not on not, that logo yeah, team, yeah. That's me done, so yeah, I thought, exactly. that's when I unpacked my bags and thought, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'll unpack here. Yeah, I think you're
1: right, I yeah. think you're right. So, I mean, I was a little bit shocked to see you go as ill as you did. I think you came across as probably one of the most structured thinkers there, for me anyway.
0: Yeah. How did you feel about the experience and when you went and things like that? The first, the first thing I wanted to do was try and be myself, and I wanted to... I didn't want to have a game plan. I didn't want to have a way of how I think I would win. Mm-hmm. I always thought if I if I don't win, it'll be on my terms. In terms yeah. of I've made an absolute horrendous mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be somebody else. I mean, somebody else has made me do that. It's been mm-hmm. my doing, which it did. it went. I went in them ways by making probably the worst baby food that was ever been seen. <laughs> um,
1: but I thought... Well, you were against someone who was in um, the kind of catering industry, mm. though, weren't you?
0: Yeah. yeah, I think... So. And I think Harpreet, obviously, she, she won it in the end. She's an yeah. absolute colossal yeah. um, candidate. And I don't... I think... I remember looking at her and, like... I think we did, like, um, a non-alcoholic task. Yeah. And I thought, if I'm going to have to win, we're going to have to beat her. Yeah. Um, I think I always compared it to, like, a Champions League. If, yeah. you, if you've got to win the Champions League, you've got to beat Barcelona's or the Real Madrid's and that. And I think that's how I... Had it with, with that to mm-hmm. be fair, yeah. So it was a force to be reckoned with, definitely, yeah. but yeah, I was good to go. Yeah. Um, I was getting with you went actually. I think we were. I think we are. I, I remember saying to the producer after the the boardroom had finished and we lost in the way that we did, mm-hmm. I thought, I'm done, mm-hmm. there's no way back. Um, and I think if you watch that episode back, you the other times I've been in bottom three, three times, mm-hmm. and I fought with my life. The, yeah. the first, the second episode, the Wales episode. This one, I had no fight in me because mm. I had nothing to defend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be that person to try and blame somebody when it that was me. often
1: happens, is not it? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I
0: thought, if I do that, then I wouldn't be true to myself. So mm. there was no one to blame but me. I made so many business errors there, mm-hmm. which you, you learn. You learn mm-hmm. from them,
1: definitely. It's interesting because I, you're bringing up something that I often saw in The Apprentice, that people are kind of encouraged to, hide their insufficiencies by blaming someone else yeah. and also I think some people were playing it very safe yeah. in a little bit of a non-genuine way because one of the reasons I was good to have you go is because you were always very straight and honest with your opinion which is kind of what you want to see on a show isn't it what yeah. you don't want to see is someone getting on with everyone because if everyone just gets on with everyone yeah. then there's no show
0: I, th- I struggled with that I think yeah. I struggled with the, the fact that and maybe business is chicks' I've done the military for 12 years and it was a case of if you're not hitting that standard, mm. you were responsible for mm. it. And I, everyone was very nice. Yeah. And it was nice. It's obviously good to be nice. But I mm. always thought that I have to be straight talk. And I have to, if something isn't right, I need to speak up and not play it safe. Mm. And I think that was my downfall. And I think leading up after The Apprentice, I realised I became myself a bit of a target because I was the open, the mm. one who said it, what it, how it was. Yeah um i i got myself i was in a rough time afterwards for that which Mm. is a shame did it affect you mentally yeah definitely um i think because when obviously i did the apprentice and i'm very straight talking i think after one task i was very direct in the cafe of who i thought was at fault for the task and Mm. i think what happened in, after that is that people used that as um, against me. Mm-hmm. I was outspoken. I was, I think the word bullying got in there and it yeah. really affected me because I knew I wasn't and I knew when I'm seeing myself in a negative light, massively affected me and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't think it would do as much as it, it had done. to
1: be Yeah. Fair. I was a little bit surprised to mm-hmm. see that hit the press. It really didn't hit many places, but, no. <clears> um, it, you know, obviously it was great to see the BBC, from what I see, kind of said there were no unedited scenes. Yeah. Nothing was left out. <clears throat> um, and also, you're in The Apprentice. There's no one more aggressive than Lord Sugar, which no. I'm not saying is that's how he does, and I think he does business very well. So I've got nothing negative to say about him. Yeah. But still, there's no one more aggressive than him. No. And no one more straight-talking than him. Exactly. Yet, somehow, you became the focus. I thought that was... So, uh, taking this situation aside for a little bit, okay, there is, there is bullying, fine. But I've often found in my life in business, I've done a lot of business, I've dealt with a whole host of people, and I've also probably psychologically in my own doctor training helped a lot of people who've been accused or have gone through bullying. But sometimes I think allegations can come because people feel insecure and get coverage. Mm. Yeah. So someone's feeling bad about their performance, bad about what's happened, bad about situation. Yeah. And they come out firing and attacking. And, you know, when I saw that, I'm, you know, you don't even have to comment on it, I actually thought, well, that's what's happened here. You've now created coverage for yourself and your own exposure yeah. with how you appeared on TV by just going for the person who was outspoken. Like, yeah. I mean, that's how I saw it anyway.
0: It's probably the reason why you're doctor, because it was very, very clear. Um, <clears throat> of, And that's what happened. And I, there's two reasons I was disappointed. The first one is when you mentioned because of their own downfall, mm-hmm. I think that it couldn't be, that is true quite simply. And if you look at the, the allegations that was on there, mm-hmm. it was by the people that, A went out first, mm-hmm. um, or didn't have, or didn't do it or contribute to how they would and contribute to it. Well. Um, and I think what really, not angered me, but really disappointed me is during mm-hmm. the process. And um, I don't want to say to you, but it's quite obvious who it was. Yeah. These these people who was vulnerable in the house, I did my best to guide them yeah. behind the, whether it was in, and it may sound silly to a lot of people, but like one of the stories that the people who wrote the story was about how I bullied him or made mm. them feel uncomfortable. And I never forget the time where he was upset about ironing, for instance, and I ironed all his suits for him and all that. And I felt just to make him feel better. And I think, I became an easy target. And the reason why is because I was very upfront in saying, this is not acceptable. If mm-hmm. we want to win, win a task, mm-hmm. you doing, messing around on a, on a task or doing things that are not suitable for a business, you're going to get told. And I think, I expect Lord Sugar was the same. You look at captains of any sport team, mm-hmm. Roy Keane's massive at it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it's not, if it's not how oh it's, accept- it's not acceptable then you get told and I think I was an easy target and I think I let myself down by not speaking up when mm-hmm. I could have done yeah. um, I didn't take it the easy way I, I just thought I don't want to give them extra coverage I'll yeah. just keep quiet looking back I think I should have really gone out guns blazing mm-hmm. and do my side of the story to mm-hmm. be fair you know I, I, I think probably at the
1: time you did the right thing, just letting it go past. I knew you had a story because um, really in the UK, I find people where allegations are made that are quote unquote easy targets yeah. aren't very well protected. No, <laughs> You know, and, and actually that's by really employment law and also the media. But it's important because you're an easy target, not just because you're outspoken, hmm. because you're bloke, yeah. yeah, because you're tall and you come across a certain way, you know. Um, and if you look across the board, allegations are made, you know, I know it's uncomfortable, but I'm just saying the truth now, yeah. statistically. Allegations are made against certain, you know, whether it's sex type, certain, you know, male or female, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's height, you know, and things like that. So although you were straight talking, you weren't definitely the most straight talking person on the series maybe contestant okay um but there were many more straight talking people on the series from even the people he got in to advise him at the final few people and so um i felt very uncomfortable reading it um and um but what if you want to say? what would you say if you wanted to say something
0: i think when i look back i think what i would like to say and what i want to do is pretty much and the BBC were brilliant, to be fair, and they defended me they because did. they did. And I'll I'll never forget that really, because I think they, if they knew I was unacceptable, mm. then they would have I would have been kicked out of course you without would. a doubt. It's the BBC. Quick, quick, yeah. Um, and they, there was brilliant mm. the support that I had. But if I was to do it again, I would, I'd give out the facts really, yeah. um, and the reason as why that pe- person or people would say those things, yeah. and I think. I used to always think, and I think when this story came out, I was thinking, why me? Like, mm-hmm. I've done a really good series. I've I've been fun, I've been myself, yeah. but why me? Yeah. And I thought, what? And I thought, it's because I'm outspoken. Mm. But it's not just that. Yeah. It is because I'm an imposing character, yeah. whether it, physically. Yes. Um, And I think I was a bit of a scapegoat for that. Mm. And I think it's very easy to say, I was bullied. Yeah. And then people, it's not, if people are bullied, they need to be held accountable for it. Of course. It, 100% yeah. in my business, 100%. and your business. Yeah. But what's not acceptable is someone who has made any shortcomings yeah. to then go very easy, I was bullied. Yeah. Because certainly, and I'll say he wasn't bullied or they weren't bullied. Yeah. They got told the same way other people get told that the performance isn't good, critiquing or constructive but criticism. That's the, show. that's the show. I don't um, understand. But it's that's a story. And I think. Also, that story keeps people relevant. Yeah, um, it's very easy to yeah, say I, I was bullied. It's very easy, but if I do a bullying story, I've got relevance. Here. Yeah, and but, I've yeah, got coverage. I've got coverage, and part of me was thinking, "Let you have you can have your day. Yeah, you can have your day, and that's fine." But you know, and since then, the the people who wrote that story have come to me, yeah, to apologise, yeah. to say it was misquoted, yeah. Can we just meet up? Can we... and the old Aaron would have said, Yeah, that's fine, mm. of course, because I don't believe it. You've got to move on with life. Yeah, yeah. But part of me thinks it wasn't just you who wrote the story, it wasn't me who just read it. It's my kids who read that. It's the yeah. kids it's my the school. Yeah. It's my wife. It yeah. affected so many people. It would. Um and I think I'll never forget it. I'll forgive you because I I've hates too. I, yeah. I can't it's too much of my time. It is. I will forgive you but that's in the past yeah. and best of luck. Yeah. But yeah, I felt I feel that I was a massive scapegoat in that. So look, let's go
1: what really it is. So you were under an allegation mm-hmm. that you know you know for you was a false allegation. Yeah. Hits the press, yeah. Yeah. National
0: press. Mhm.
1: Talk to me about how that made you feel, how interaction with your family, friends, because, you know, I can imagine it would have been traumatic as an emotional
0: event. Yeah, I think because it came out straight after I was fired, the day after. Was the, it the day after? This story had been brewing for ages. I didn't realise that. The press had been, I've been trying to get this story coming out yeah. since that person was um, fired. Mm-hmm. Um, and the BBC was constantly on my corner. They didn't have no foundation. There was no foundation. They still didn't. But it came out. Yeah. Um, I was away with my wife at that time. And I remember thinking, this has been a whirlwind. I just need some time to. Yeah. I woke up in the morning and my name's all over the press. I worked with my kids. Um, and yeah, there was me, a picture of me bullying now. And I'm like, I'm finished.
1: I saw, I saw your finished. picture with bullying right above it.
0: You can't. I know. That's when I thought I'm finished. My, my professional career, my, my reputation. It's finished. You thought you were done. One hundred percent. Because that's awful. That, and I can understand mentally. I think I'm strong, but then, I didn't think I could deal with that, and I thought. I remember even going to Tesco. I think uh, my wife asked me, "Oh, did you just nip to Tesco? I couldn't go." Um, and I'll never forget it. I'm and she probably doesn't know this, but. I drove to Tesco I didn't go out and I came back and said they didn't have anything in because I couldn't bring myself because I thought the whole world are talking it's about it. It's a isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult. And um, I've come out the other side. Yeah. But that's why I, I'll never, never forget. And I, I've not changed the person that I yeah. am for it. Yeah. And I think in the way I'm proud of myself for that, yeah, but yeah, it's it's not a nice thing to see.
1: How did you get through it?
0: The obvious one is that your family. They, I think because they know me as a person, they knew it wasn't wasn't true. My, my neighbours, everything, they knew it wasn't true. They knew I'm that kind of person. But me, I thought I'm gonna have to get myself in a better mental state and cope with this. Mm. So I started doing the things that I should have been doing. I started going out. I started. Yeah. And I started reading good things about me. And when I got fired, there were so many good pro- comments about me as a person. And I just read them all mm. the time. And it sounds really self-absorbed, but I went on Twitter and typed my name in, yeah. and I looked at every positive one. Yeah, and I liked everyone, yeah. um, and I retweeted them. Yeah. and it all the bad stuff just suddenly went went yeah. away because I was just filling myself with positivity. Um, I got rid of negative people who mm. I remember getting a text off one of my friends who put you're not very popular I've seen you all over Twitter he thought it was funny he got deleted he got blocked Yeah. yeah. he was a friend I've known for 10 years but yeah. so I just eradicated negativity yeah. from my life so now I've just got positive positive thoughts and yeah. I'll do a live and people will put oh bully I used yeah. to get it all the time doing a live really 100%
1: well people just put that there straight
0: away no on a live, there could be thousands of people in there. Bully, and I just blocked, blocked, blocked. Didn't give him any attention. Just blocked no. them, blocked them. That um, was so awful. It was so I had to deal with that, and I felt like I was. And like I said, the BBC was supportive and things, but it was so frustrating because I knew that I wasn't. Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing, and that's why I was like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. I'm going to release this story. I'm going to, and I, that's why I wish I've done because I think maybe if they heard my side. Mm-hmm. They realised it wasn't a story. Mm-hmm. Um, they realised that I I call people out for not performing on one task. Yeah. That's not that's not bullying. That's at not all bullying. But like was mentioned just previously. Yeah. I think if I was, um, five foot eight, five foot nine, mm. small, average white, mm. maybe. Yeah. I don't think so. No. I really don't. I no. think six foot black man ex military. Yeah. Is an easy target. Yeah, I think
1: that's what I think. Research data shows that clearly across the board. Um, You're definitely an easier target, Mm. and um, things are construed. And I think it's how you've coped with the false allegation. I think is admirable. Um, I don't think people quite know how much it affects people. No, you know, people will just see a headline with your picture and then. Their life moves on, but for the person it happens to, it's soul destroying because our name's important just to ourselves. You know, not in as you say, a self-absorbed. Way. It's just <clears throat> people want to feel loved, people want to be admired, and people want to be remembered positively. Yeah. And when something come like that comes out, it shatters that very core. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not looking to. I I could tell from the series. You're not. You're looking to do the best thing you can for you and your family and your life but not the consequence for the people no. you were just engaged in the show in a, in a, what I f- felt was a jovial kind of way but you wanted to win that's how I saw you um, and so I was a little bit gutted to see it um, I, I you know I read it and you know even the stuff that I saw in the newspaper which was the allegation itself wasn't bullying even for when you read what they say. Yeah. Um, and and so you know i'm glad that you've had a time just to talk about it you know and i can imagine how difficult it was for your family yeah did your kids ever mention it
0: no um i think that worried me mm. because why wouldn't they i think i think they kind of put it out maybe they didn't want to upset me or maybe i don't know but they still haven't mentioned it to this mm. day Um i think which i don't know i can't understand why they haven't done mm. but <sighs> It is what it is. I think they know that I'm yeah, not that person. I think that's so, what it is. They yeah. know
1: that it, you're not. Yeah. Um. But I think you, you should talk to them because you're coping and rise from it, you know, from what is, I think, horrendous to how you've coped now and how you did it. It's inspiring. Yeah, thank you. Um. You know, going through that kind of, you know, national negativity to... How you coped with not even being able to get out of your car to get to Tesco's to now, being able to be on a podcast, be out and about running your business, being able to see bully being sent by a troll on Insta Live and ignoring it. That's really good, you know, psychological strength. So definitely something worth talking to. Yeah, kids I'm about. sure. We'll probably bring it Christmas <laughs> dinner. Or something. You mentioned um, RAF twelve years. Well you yeah. mentioned actually Army twelve years RAF, isn't it? Talk to me about that and how the service was.
0: Um At the start, because I had no aspiration to join the military Mm -hmm. at all, but what I wanted to do is make a difference. And I think at the time where we had the September 11th and we went to Afghanistan and things, I started to not feel helpless, but I was seeing on the news every day that people was losing lives or Mm -hmm. people was going out. And I thought, I'm sat here doing a sales job in Manchester. I'm not really, I've not got anything to show Mm -hmm. for, for what I'm doing. I don't, I felt... A bit like I weren't giving anything not mm. giving anything back but I thought if I was to die this this month there'd be nothing to, to, to show for what mm. I've done so I joined the military and I thought I really want to I want to go to Afghanistan I want to I want to serve the country and I, I want to give something where I can look back and, and be proud of what I've done um, at the start it was amazing in terms of the places where I went, the people that I met, I've got best friends for life. Um, but the end could have been better, mm-hmm. to be fair. I think, I feel I, I was let down slightly what by happened? the military. I think there is, we talk about allegations, I think being being black in the military, I used to think, oh, it's not an issue. Mm. But it's a massive issue. Yeah. Um, it's a massive issue where Banter in inverted commas is still yeah. okay. Yeah. So when I when I was growing, when I was in the military, I was thinking, "Oh, it's fine because it's just banter. They can say these things." And I'd I'm annoyed with myself because it was early start. I'd laugh at it and I'd go along yeah. with it. I'd yeah. laugh at my own skin colour because they're doing it. Mm. I'd turn it into a joke because I could be the Aaron who's dead happy. Mm. But as time was going, on I think this is not acceptable. No. And then one occasion happened where I actually said, I, I can't keep I can't be called the N word at work. No. I can't be referred to as slave at work. No. It's not good enough. No. So I'll speak up about it. Yeah. And I didn't feel that I had the support mm-hmm. from that based on the well basically I was told it, it's not really an allegation. Um, and then I lost confidence yeah, in course. the military. Um and then it happened again and again. And I thought, at the moment, at this moment in time, I'm going to have to leave. And the reason I'm going to have to leave is because I'm getting racially yeah. targeted at work. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I thought, I've, I'm have i stuck to my principles there. Um, and that's the first time I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Because I've always mentioned the military in a positive way, mm-hmm. and it is. Um, it taught you so much. Oh, so much. So much um, I'm thankful for. They give me a really good life. Yeah. But they've also let me down. Yeah. A bit. How long did it take for you to speak up about that kind of racial slurs at work? I'd say 12, 12 years, three months, two yeah. when we're talking now. Yeah. Um,
1: this so I've basically it was it. going on for over 10 years yeah. before you actually had the courage to go, look, I'd rather it's not
0: taught like this. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I think. Um, because I always, th- I didn't, I didn't want to be that kind of person to speak up. I understand. And it's I, difficult. Well, yeah, but I'm telling people to speak up at work. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing courses. If it's not yeah. right, speak up. Yeah. And I can't even do it myself. Yeah. I'm telling my kids to speak up if they know something ain't right. But mm. I'm sat here, and there's WhatsApp groups where there's racial jokes in about black people, or, and I'm not doing anything about it. So that's when I thought, this has to stop. Mm. because I'm not being true to myself here. Mm. So yeah, it, for me to speak up was like 11 years. Yeah. For me to speak publicly is probably the first time today, but it's the yeah. first time today yeah. that I've been public about it because I think it needs to be said. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Do you
1: think they're listening more now or do you think it's probably the same culture?
0: i I think it's still the same culture, I think. I think the military try and say we're gonna make strides mm. but when it does happen, I still don't think there's a there's something in place to yeah. to reprimand that particular person mm. or people or group. Yeah. Because they're scared. Yeah. They're scared of that. We'll leave it. Um they don't know how to deal with they it. They don't know how to deal with it. Until they directly turn around and say, This is not acceptable. Mm. This is how we're gonna deal with it. And it's going to come out in the press. I bet it comes out like banter. That's how they try and push it. But they're they're very good at saying what banter is. not acceptable. And it's right. And they they do courses of what banter is. And and they are getting better in the education side of it. Mm. Because it's mandatory courses that you Mm. have to learn about um, ethnics and diversity, everything. You have to learn because it's part of your job. But when someone says, this is how I'm getting treated... That is where they fall down because there's no there's no system in place to mm. deal with it properly. Mm. Really. Um and that's why I feel let down. By. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, it took you eleven
1: years to speak up mm. after what is probably a large amount of service, yeah. and it must have been very difficult for them not to listen.
0: Yeah, I think. I had a list of evidence, not evidence, but I had a list of different things that's happened to me. Yeah. And I said, there you go. Yeah. And I was expecting that to be, do you know what? This is not right. Yeah. But the other way, it was, every single thing that I mentioned was talked off as banter or it wasn't meant that way. Yeah. Um. I remember having bananas on my car, banana skin on my car when I left work, Um. posters of black people, um. Yeah, I had WhatsApp groups about black people and So that was all pure it. racism. Pure. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was to the point where I said I've had enough and that's why I I, I ended my, my career and yeah. I told him that was the reason why. Um yeah. the the reason why I'm leaving the service is because I've been racially um discriminated at work and racially bullied at work. Yeah. And that was it.
1: That must have been tough for your family again.
0: Yeah, I'm giving them a lot, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Really, I think... I think what, that's happens it. what happens, you <laughs> I know, think with it. a life of
1: pushing and success, it will happen.
0: Exactly, I think it's always, I think... But yet again, my wife is is the one to pick up the pieces. She's, yeah. She'll know where I'm coming from, so she's very much, yeah, we'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, she sees how it affects me, she sees... So when it did happen, we'd kept it away from the kids because... I don't think they needed to know at the time Mm. um but yeah i don't anything i can throw at her she was just dealing with Mm. um which is hats off to her it's brilliant i
1: I do find that often those of us who live successful lives those of us who live um lives where we push forward it's those closest to us who support us the most but also bear the heaviest burden as well Mm. um i've found when i've gone through difficult times i'm very solution orientated you know and i do feel some emotion of course but yeah. i'm like okay now this 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 yeah. whereas those closest to me can feel the the injustice the yeah not that's not fair that's not right yeah. and probably want to ruminate in that that's not that's not fair and I'm very much like, well, let's just push on, you know. Yeah, but exactly. But they fe- I mean, I've always found my partners. You know, my partner has faced the heaviest consequence yeah. because of when you push on and when you do things, these things happen because yeah. you're taking risks.
0: That's the thing. It's, to get where you are and to get where I am mm. on this journey, there's going to be a lot of hurt. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of hurt. There's going to be a lot of sacrifices and there's going to be a lot of pain in terms yeah. of other stuff that, I have to deal with mentally or financially or whatever because there's risks that to get you've got to take them risks. Yeah. So good luck to her because I think (laughs) she's on this train that she's not getting off just yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So good luck to her. She's got (laughs) a lot coming. Yeah, exactly. But she's coped admirably
1: and yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, And so um, looking for pushing on the future for you and what can happen. Tell me what your thoughts are. I know you're doing the, um, security.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done, cause obviously my security was part of my business plan, mm-hmm. um, to go national with that. Um, that's what we're going to use the two fifty four. That's what I was yeah. using it for. Um, and it's, I, I see now that with the contracts that I'm having or how I'm, cause with my company, I want to have a different company. I want to have a different security company that you see, I want it to have the ethos that the military give a positive ethos i want them to be different in terms of the appearance the way that they speak the way that they hold themselves i want that to be more of a customer service security as Mm -hmm. opposed to big burly people who are quite unapproachable so i wanted a bit more professional approach so to do that i have to get the right personnel so that's taking the time yes um and i think when i left the apprentice i had loads of doormen door supervisors and i think that was that's fine. And I scrapped it. Mm-hmm. Completely knocked down the house and built it again because it's not where the direction I wanted to be. So that's doing... it's. I'm where I need it to be. Mm-hmm. But what I'm really enjoying now is I'm actually going to universities or schools or football clubs and talking about motivation and... Yeah. and it's a it imp- positive mindset, really. I think that's something that I've, I've that's got. The, is that the Ripple Charity? Ripple Charity? Yeah. No, that Ripple that's... Charity is my um, suicide prevention. Oh, okay. I'm an ambassador okay. for. Okay. Um, but I'm doing so much in terms of trying to give people a positive insight uh-huh. on life and yeah. how how you can just completely turn negative. Like, I don't really deal with negative anymore. Like, it goes. Yeah. Any negativity, if you think about the press stuff or the... Yeah. It's there for a little bit, and yeah. then it's gone. Yeah. And I turn it into a positive. I turn it's the coping strategy. Yeah. And yeah. I'll always try to find it. anything that happens. I'll try and find Right, there's got to be a positive out. This mm-hmm. has got to be. I've got to find it. Mm-hmm. It could be anything, mm-hmm. and I've always done it, and it, it's helping me so much. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing at the minute. Where mm-hmm. people now are trying, I'm just giving them a positive outlook. You can't yeah. be positive all the time because yeah. you are going to get things that you can't turn mm-hmm. into a positive but I'm enjoying it, Good, enjoying it.
1: There's a formula and it's E plus A equals O. So event plus attitude equals outcome. So an event can be positive or negative, Okay. okay? You have no control over that. You've then got the plus, then you've got the A for attitude. The attitude you've got control over, whether it's positive or negative. And then it equals O, which is the outcome. Now, if we're looking at the O to be a positive outcome and we don't have control over the event and we've got control over the attitude, what's the best attitude to reach the positive outcome? And it's a positive attitude. And so it's, 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 it's this negative cycle people can get caught up in and negative events happen, a negative attitude is taken yeah. and inevitably a negative outcome comes about. And to break that cycle, the best thing anyone can do and the only control they have is over their attitude, their aspirations, how they handle themselves. And if you push that into a positive state, like you did, reading the positive things on Twitter, focusing around positive people, that then has led to a positive outcome. Definitely. From what was a horrendously negative event. So I've always believed in that formula. I like to make it quite simple for myself and go, look, this is an awful event <laughs> It's negative. I really want a positive outcome here. Yeah. So let me just try with a positive attitude. Yeah. And that's what you're saying, isn't it?
0: Massively, I think... It it just helps me. It helps me. it's helped me so much this past year. And i have unlocked stuff that I didn't know I existed in, in, in my mental capacity. I didn't I didn't know I could be that positive. I didn't mm-hmm. know I can always look at a positive on it. How how can someone turn a troll online yeah. to a positive? Exactly. And I do it now. And exactly. There's times where now I I kinda have a if a troll's saying something, I'll I remember coming back to a troll and I was like I kind of made him look into a different outlook to yeah. where he's like, actually, I get it. Mm. Um, and it was back and forth mm. a little bit. And then I made him understand because what he realised is that I always thought in terms of negative people, they're only negative because I find, well, three ways I would say is they're jealous, mm-hmm. you're a threat to them, mm-hmm. or they're un- unfortunately sad in their own lives. Yeah. So they're the only three I find that people are yeah. negative. Yeah. And if you strip that away to realise that person doesn't need to be jealous of me no. because I've got my own problems. Yeah. You don't need, I know you're struggling, but at the end of the day, there's a positive out of it. So I'm no threat to you because I don't know you. You don't know me. So why are you writing those things? And once I started to pick into this person's brain, it was kind of all right. Yeah. and then since then, he he likes more posts yeah. than anybody That's else. Great. That's great. Um, I wouldn't say he's my friend. No. Because he's still a troll. Yeah. He's still got that... He can, he's still got he a can, habit he can yeah. go. Yeah, I don't yeah, trust yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, I think he's now got a bit more of an outlook. And I don't think I've changed that outlook. I think I've just given him... There's more to life than doing what you've just done. Do
1: you know, I think... When a negative press headline hits, yeah. people get demonised. Because mm. they don't know you. No. They don't, they've never, you know, unless they've watched the show, they've never spoken to you, they look at it, your picture's there, bully above it. But actually, when you're humanised by someone getting to know you, yeah. they like, that, that, that guy's okay, actually. Exactly. It, <laughs> yeah. was, yeah, it's,
0: yeah. it was crazy. I think with the, when the allegation come out, obviously the final, yeah. I wasn't in the final. Yeah. No. So the press did a picture of me with the most angry face. It was an angry face. And I'm like, time. Aaron is, did not get invited back to the final. And I'm like, that didn't happen. Yeah. I was, And I, that's when I put a story on. Yeah. And I put it on my story. I'm like, no, basically it was my anniversary. And me yeah. and my wife said that if I was to ever miss the anniversary because I know I'm in the final yeah because I wasn't in the final we went away lovely um, and but then so yeah, I put a story out and I made a joke out of it and they wrote a story as an explanation I thought that was quite nice of them yeah. because they actually said ah this is the reason why yeah. you missed it yeah but it's weird like you mention it that they could give the worst photo yeah. because I'm this bully at the minute <laughs> yeah. they give this worst photo yeah. and then because they don't know me yeah and once I start being humanised yeah. and they realise actually he's, he's actually okay yeah. It's different now.
1: Yeah, people people don't know you. They don't know the experiences. They no. don't know the struggles you've had. No, and um, and humanising always disarms to a degree. It really does, and mm. I think
0: I've learned that. I've learned in terms of not everyone likes you, mm-hmm. but people dislike you for just without knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, I, I used to be I used to be the worst. I used, even when I was watching reality, I don't like him.
1: Yeah, yeah. The judging kind of thing. Yeah, I don't like
0: them. Yeah. And we look at series that I've won recently and I don't like that person. But actually, they're alright. Yeah, exactly. It always happens. Exactly.
1: Talking about not liking you, I've got to hear that you're a Man United fan. Mm. Is that right? Yes. So I knew it was right, not time. <laughs> uh, this is where it's No, well I'm a Liverpool fan. Oh so, dear, yeah, yeah. Okay, well,
0: it's been a really nice show. I know, <laughs> yeah, for-
1: exactly. It's probably not the year to talk to you, actually. We should probably no. have done this last year. Yeah, I definitely,
0: I would, I would have come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But tell me so.
1: Are you involved with Man United a little bit? Their academy, or yeah, like yeah.
0: I'm, this is like a dream coming <coughs> really. And it was like a nightmare. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> a- well, I think since I've been involved, we're performing well. But no, I think at the end of the day, I, like I was doing some work with the University of Ninety Two, which um, Gary Neville, Paul Scholes, Nicky Boat, Phil Neville own. Okay. Yeah. And their university is based on giving people who haven't got the traditional academic. Um, history or whatever. Yeah. It's just giving people who are not that privileged but got skills. Mm-hmm. So why not let them, as part of, if they've got these skills, why not give them a chance to mm-hmm. get into higher education? Why not give them them skills and, and give them a bit more life in mm-hmm. terms of that? So they invited me to do a, a talk there. I did a motivational talk because we have the same values of where I grew up was quite a humble back. Well, it was. It was a council estate, mm-hmm. predominantly white neighbourhood. I suffered a lot of race and growing up and, I realised that these people have got the same background, a lot of them, but they want to make something of their life. Yeah. So we just did some talking about my values, how I, and it just got to the point where the university then, obviously, Manchester United Academy thought, do you know what? This would be really good for you to do something with them because Lovely. it's a different thing though, because these are extremely privileged because yeah. the the footballers who are extremely talented who are in a really good pool of talent, but they still need that positive mindset they still Mm. need that motivation now they'll get that from the management team or whatever but that's football when it comes to normal outlook of how to prepare yourself whether it's an injury that you Mm. have how can you turn that injury into a positive yeah of course because there's a guy well there's a guy who's uh, done an ACL so he's out for eight months that's not a negative Mm. it is now yeah but that time now you've got time to study that person's in your position yeah study him and I said study that person yeah Watch him, watch every game that he plays. So when you're fit, you'll know every flaw. You'll know every weakness that he's got. Yeah, exactly. Use that. Yeah. And he's just got that. Actually, now I've got time, which I didn't have. I've got time to sit. So we do a lot of stuff with them. And also with, unfortunately, a lot of the players, not unfortunately, fortunately, the players will want to go into business, whether it's while they're playing or after. Um, Gary Neville's done it. He's been brilliant at it. But you look at the young players who have got this pool of cash who want to do something. So I talk about business and how to write a business plan. And that business plan, Very good. it's your business plan. You, yeah. you can doctor it of how you want to, but they've never been told how to write a business plan. Yeah. So we've done it step by step of how to do it. Yeah. The one that is pretty much the one that I give to Lord he never got to see it because he fired me. But at the same <laughs> time, it's a good business plan. Yeah. So I'm over the mean that I'm working with these because Very good. it's a privilege to be able to watch these young academy players mm-hmm. with such a good outlook on life. And if I can just give them a little bit something, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you sound like you're you're enjoying it a lot. Loving it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost getting you're getting something from it as well.
0: Absolutely. I think like even when I was at the training ground yesterday, I feel like I just feel dead happy about it. But it's not because it's Man United. It's because I feel I'm doing something, which is different. And I think mm. it's doing something that I've not seen get done before. Mm. And I'm doing something where. For young Aaron at 17, someone come in and spoke to him, I would have been loving it. I would have loved it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I get the chance to speak to him that way. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. great. And I mean, it's, I think it's very interesting because it's not really the normal reality TV path. If no. I'm honestly, the stars normally do something different. So it's really interesting hearing it. Yeah. Um, tell me about the Ripple charity then.
0: Yeah, so um, November the 25th, we, um, Josh, um, who the... Charities around ended his own life, um, and his sister Alice was informed that he's taken his own life. She couldn't understand why. Mm -hmm. um, She knew, but she looked when she talks about it now. She knew the signs and things he put put on weight, all that kind of things, but she didn't know them because. Mm -hmm. And she looked at his phone, and once they got all his IT back, and he was searching of how to end his life Mm -hmm. quite a lot, and there was even one site that gave him. A pain rating so if you was to do this way the pain level is this high or this low madness so it's a group of people it's a site that direct you the best way to do it so she's thought this can't happen I've lost my brother this can't happen to anybody else yeah so she's in she's got a bit of software where she can now intercept any suicidal thoughts or of self-harm and instead of looking for those words it'll take you directly to a sign poster such as the Samaritans or mind or wherever, but it also gives them a bit of hope to let them know, listen, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and her, I I looked at her story on LinkedIn and I got in touch straight away. Yeah. And I said, I've got a bit of a profile. I'm nowhere near, but I'm, I'm on the telly. People are watching me. Um, why could I not get involved and just spread this word a little bit further? Lovely. Even if I get an extra thousand people, a post, Mm -hmm. Um, so then they've made me an ambassador for the charity um, and we're just trying to now get more people and businesses involved because men's mental health or men's suicide is just it's it's gone to the point where it's not, it's ridiculous mm. um, so I'll keep banging that drum to yeah. make sure that people will, can speak up and talk um, and I'll keep doing it mm. and this charity I think is brilliant it, awareness and and getting people the help that they need and it's saving lives this tool and it's brilliant but yeah I'm, I think because of the military and I've seen a lot of people who have been affected by mental health and I think I think I have as well yeah. um, it's it's difficult and I think more, more needs to be done yeah. for men to talk
1: I think life is difficult yeah. and everyone struggles at points in their lives yeah. and resources where people can get that help part of one of the reasons think the podcast is you know people going to a psychologist is great but not everyone can afford to go to a psychologist and if i can give some education by interviewing guests to get them to talk about their positives their struggles how they coped and that can help other people cope along the way i think it's really interesting hearing some of how the negativity and how you coped i didn't see that until you spoke and actually hearing that it's inspiration and knowing you're not alone you know and i think that's part of this charity's point isn't it you're not alone you can oh. get help there are people that are willing to listen to you talk and there is a way to cope through
0: situations yeah i think so i think we're getting there in terms of talking people don't still don't do it enough um i put a post out the other week about it and one guy he said i'm struggling." Mm. And it, For him to speak to someone on an open platform to comment, I'm struggling, a massive thing. That wouldn't have happened two years ago. No. Um, And we messaged, I direct messaged him and we had a chat and he's in a good place now. Mm -hmm. And it's because he's doing the right things, he's speaking. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it with mental health is that they have, go to a psychologist, do Mm -hmm. this. They can't afford it. They don't know that person Mm -hmm. and it's a big barrier. Yeah. To speak to to that because I've been there. I spoke to doctors when I was in the military, and it didn't help. Mm. It did, but it didn't. Yeah. Um, and I think there's been times when I I go back to the military where I was I was desperate for help. I was yeah. wanting to speak to someone, and I I was I was on the motorway on the M62, and I rang my commander, and I I was pretty much in close to tears. I pulled over at the services, and I'm like, I need to talk to someone. I just something's not right. And he said, "You're gonna have to speak to the med center then." And I remember thinking, all I needed was him. Just needed ten minutes of his yeah. time. That's yeah. all I needed. Yes. And I didn't ring the med centre. I just got in my car and finished. But I thought, not everyone can go to. the You can't just go to the medical centre. It's not always a thing. Mm. You could go to the pub with your mate and it'd be yeah. more effective. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. I think. So that's why if people say to me, I mean, "Do you want to go for a pint? They're not always going to say, "I've got. I've got a bit of mental problems. Yeah, I need yeah. to go to the. Do you want to come for a pint? Yeah but I'll never turn them down now. Yeah. Should we go for a drink? Because, A, they've never asked, but yeah. they might just need that time. Yeah. So Just be heard. Just be heard. To yeah. And there's times I'll go on and on to my mates in the pub or and their missus, whatever. And I'm not telling her anything direct, but I'm getting some off my chest and she doesn't know about it, or the lads don't. Mm. But I feel better because I'm talking about it. Mm. So I think when people say talk, it isn't always about, talk to me about mm. your financial problem, talk to me about how you're mm. feeling they might not they just want someone to talk to at that time
1: yeah
0: and it's very very easy go to a doctor go Mm. because you should because you need professional help and you've got to signpost them to it but they might at that first instance they might just want to talk Mm. and then you can turn around and say have you thought about yeah speaking to someone no it's not for me
1: no and it can also be difficult to engage in that and it can take a long time
0: of course it does Mm. and it does take time Mm. and I've heard it all the time. Go, go get med- medical. Mm. Go and get professional help. That's the stigma because mm. you hear the word shrink and you. Hear, that is the stigma. <laughs> yeah. So let's not get to that point just yet. Let's just do that in your own time. Mm. Let's just. I've got you now, mm. and then that's how. Yeah. While I've got you, and while you know that there's someone here for you. Yeah. That's all you need to. Be. I think
1: I agree. Often, that's someone it. knowing that someone cares
0: that's it, and that's
1: interested. It can make all the difference. Massively. So when we look at fast forwarding to your future, mm. obviously you seem to have pushed on massively since leaving The Apprentice, mm. but where do you want to go? What do you want to achieve?
0: I wanna, I wanna spread more awareness of, at the minute I'm very passionate about the war and what Afghanistan's done and, and how it's affected servicemen and women. And mm-hmm. the reason why is that I was in York the other week and there was someone homeless my missus was out looking for stuff in the shop and I just chatted him for 45 minutes and he was ex-military and he was telling me about his old life that he had, what car he drove mm. I was thinking that's pretty much me mm. and now he's there because he had PTSD and he couldn't get out of it and he got into a gambling debt which turned into an alcoholic, mm. a, a alcohol addiction he lost his home, he lost his family and now he's here mm. and it's the effect of what that war has given people, we don't see the effect of no. that so what I want to do is now, it's very easy. I want to be a really good, strong businessman. I mm. want to, of course I do. We, we want to earn the money and that's mm. it. I want to be successful financially, support my kids, of course. Yeah. But I've got a bit of a platform and that might only last another year. It might last two months. It might last mm. three months. But while I've got it, I can start giving more awareness to ex-servicemen and women mm. that A, get the help or B, this is, I'll let the people outside of the barracks know Yeah this is what's gone on, and this mm. is what's affected these people. Mm. And so when they're walking past the street and they are seeing ex servicemen or whatever, they can really appreciate that sacrifice that that person has done. Um, and that's what I wanna do. I wanna spread that awareness of people who are, they're not homeless for a reason or whatever. I
1: spent um, close to a year in America, yeah. and the way they treat ex-service people is unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. Um, I was in restaurants multiple times. I lost count Mm. where, when they saw a service person in the restaurant, people were fighting to pay their bills and people understand what service means and how difficult it was. Mm. Um, I don't think we've quite got that in the UK actually in that kind of culture. Um, But it's very, very strong in America, the support for ex-service people and I can imagine what's been seen, I've got friends who are in the military and some of the stuff that's been seen or they go through is horrendous. Um, Something that you can't cope with really and so you're right, that kind of support would be massive.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think you look at, like I said, what America are doing, what this country does. I don't think, I think we're behind a lot and Mm -hmm. I think even when I was in America, I just showed my ID literally because I got military tickets and it was part of it. And the whole, I was at SeaWorld and the whole place stood up and started cheering. Yeah, yeah, that's what And I like. was like, wow. Yeah. And that's, that's gratitude for yeah. what that person's done. Why can't we do it? Yeah. Because they've took the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and the people who didn't make it home, the parents and the wives and the husbands, and mm. they've took the sacrifice now because mm. they're without the loved one. So why not give these people the help? And yeah. why not, not just the help, but the recognition just to know Mm. you're not alone. Because I feel like they've been forgotten about now Um, because Afghanistan's not going on or whatever. Mm. We don't talk about it as much. Mm. But this person still wakes up without the loved one.
1: Yeah.
0: Every single day. This person still wakes up cold. So why not not just do something? Just spread a bit of awareness about it. So that's what I'm looking for at the minute. Like I said, professionally... I wanna do what I wanted to do in the in the apprentice without Lord Sugar's fifty percent. Um <laughs> she can keep yeah. bless him. Yeah. Um but yeah, to be fair, working with him would have been amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. But
1: was he as ruthless as he came across? Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> what a but I've got so much respect for of that course. man. So much.
1: He's achieved so much.
0: So much, and he's achieved it the old way yeah. where business was harsh yeah. then. Yeah. Could he do it in this era when he started yeah. again? Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's achieved so much. And I think, but I want to just know that I can do it on my own. What I want is when I've done what I wanted to do, I want people to think, oh yeah, you didn't need The Apprentice. Yeah. That's what I want. Or mm. I want the comment, oh Lord Sugar missed out. Yeah. I want that comment. Because right. I, when I got fired, there was a taxi scene and I weren't on there. They didn't show my taxi scene. And it's because I didn't say I'll be back or... Yeah. Watch it, I'm going to make a million. Yeah, yeah I yeah. literally said, because he asked, I literally said, Lord Sugar's going to sleep. He's not going to lose any sleep by firing me. Yeah. I messed up, I made it, but I've, I'll do it my own way. Yeah. But that was too, I think, I suppose, that was too, too vanilla. Bad. Too vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gone back in and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's missed out. He's punched the door or something. Yeah, that's right I, I went out, I was so dignified the yeah. way out. Oh, thanks, yeah. thanks. I'm saying thanks for firing me, No, best of luck. Yeah, yeah. I should have just stormed off through yeah. my court, moonwalked, yeah. done whatever. <laughs> then get. it would have been on the scene. Then, I mean, yeah. then the bullying thing yeah, had gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. They just in. show that going <laughs> it. Mean, Aaron does an MG yeah. out the boardroom. Yeah, ring. exactly. That's what I should have done. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah no, brilliant. Well, do you know what? It's been really wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Um, thank you for sharing so honestly, um and uh, also for just being such an inspiration from coming off the Apprentice, doing so much kind of motivational charity work. It's it's fantastic. So thank you. Thank I appreciate
0: you. it.
1: Perfect. Aaron shared so honestly, and I found it so inspirational. Just how he talked about some of the impact of false allegation and also the institutional racism that he encountered in the army. Talking about the false allegations, I think the most difficult things in the UK especially is this concept of there's no um, smoke without fire. And what that means is anyone can say anything, and that means it's true, which we all know is not the case. And so we need to move away from there's no smoke without fire and we need to be probably a bit more evidentially based, you know, A newspaper ran an article, maybe a bit irresponsibly, about Aaron bullying another contestant when the BBC and Aaron totally denied it. And that's probably where the facts were looked into. But it had a huge impact on him. He'd spent so long building up his name in his own family, in business, and in the matter of seconds, of just online and looking at this newspaper he felt his name his reputation had been shattered and there's no worse feeling he couldn't even go to a supermarket because he thought he was being judged we have to be really careful with how we make allegations but also when we read them to not judge people we have become a little bit of a judgmental society what people can do what they can't do how we react to allegations but we need to be much more kind and we need to be more evidential and on the final thing with this institutional racism that was discussed in the army. This is so important that when people like Aaron speak up, there's action with people that can make a change. We're looking at the politicians and MPs, anyone listening to this podcast, you know, maybe there needs to be investigation. Things need to be looked into. So Aaron's story of that kind of racism doesn't happen again. It's not acceptable in today's society. And it should be investigated. Aaron should be valued for speaking up. He should be encouraged. I consider him a whistleblower in this particular case and hopefully change can come where there are less stories, like Aaron's, about racism in the army. But if if you are encountering some types of false allegation or institutional racism, you can always reach out to us. We're here to help. And there's many other people that can help as well. So you're not alone, and you can journey through it like Aaron, and Aaron's made the best of that. And so I just congratulate him on that. So until next time, I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I did, and I hope that it leads to some change.